0: Good morning. It's 830 on Tuesday, September 15th. I'm Karen Brown and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Hurricane Sally turns off the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We have the latest on the storm with the National Weather Service. Then a look at how the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is preparing for Sally's landfall and subsequent recovery efforts. Plus, the governor extends the mask mandate while loosening restrictions on restaurants. This is Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. Hurricane Sally is lurking in the northern Gulf of Mexico, sending rain, winds, and storm surge to the coastal areas. Sally quickly strengthened from a tropical storm to a Category 2 hurricane yesterday, but has weakened some since then. Still, it's a slow-moving storm with a forecast that could bring days of rain to some coastal counties with the strong potential for flooding. For the latest on Sally, we are joined now by Benjamin Schott from the National Weather Service in slide down. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. I have all kinds of questions for you this morning. Uh, I've been pouring through all of this information, and I see that it has weakened somewhat from 100 miles per hour to about 85 miles per hour. Is that good news?
2: Uh, It is. Uh, You know, the interesting thing about it being so slow and almost now stationary just off the mouth of the Mississippi is that it turns up a lot of cooler water from uh, deeper down the uh, ocean there. And so uh, it uh, helps uh, lessen the fuel for Sally. So um, it's a good thing uh, on that end, because uh, when it does come on shore, the wind damage will obviously be much lesser uh, with the weakened state of Sally as it moves on shore.
0: But what about the fact that it's moving at two miles per hour, which is essentially not really moving? Is that going to create more rain or storm surge? Uh,
2: Yeah, so that's the bad side of this. Uh, with it being pretty much stuck right now where it's at, and uh, and honestly, I don't believe it's going to move much at all over the course of the next 12 hours. So, uh, any rain that's wrapping around it will continue to fall in the exact same areas. Uh, and then, as it does start to slowly move, and when I say slowly, again, we're talking like you just mentioned, two three miles per hour. Um, it's going to slowly drift to the north, and even then, uh, that heavy rain will continue over those same areas. So, uh, the potential for uh, two feet of rain or more in some areas, especially on the east and northeast side of this system, is uh, very high.
0: Has the landfall time changed? We were hearing yesterday late tonight or early tomorrow morning.
2: Yeah, and so uh, yesterday at this time, it was supposed to be on land as we got in the Wednesday, and now it's still going to be out uh, off the uh, Mississippi coast on, uh, um, on Wednesday morning. So uh, it is slowed down and uh, significantly from yesterday. And again, it may not make uh, landfall until we get into uh, you know midday on uh, on Wednesday.
0: Has there been a directional change? It seems that it's moving farther east.
2: It, it is. So the uh, the center of it right now, um, it's possible it could go anywhere from uh, Jackson County there in Mississippi or over uh, further to the east into Alabama. So, uh, you know, anyone, though, still from uh, basically Gulfport uh, working their way east and the Pascagoula into the state line and, and anybody even further east than that definitely need to pay attention because they could get the full brunt of the surge, rain, uh, winds, and, um, and if there's any isolated tornadoes, uh, you know, all that is possible in those areas.
0: Um, I'm looking at radar right now, and it looks like, east of us is getting a lot of rain that the storm is moving up from the, from the Southwest. Does that make sense? Is that what's happening?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So right now, uh, again, like the center of it is really just stopped. It's, it's really stalled again off the mouth of Mississippi. So the rain bands are going to work their way around uh, in a cyclonic manner. So they're going to come out of the, the east and, and move west. Um, And then the the very far northern bands may be moving uh, from uh, southeast to northwest. So, uh, yeah, those areas are going to continue to see that. And because it's moving so slow, uh, you know, folks – uh, you know, that aren't just right along the coast right now may not see rain until later on this afternoon or maybe even this evening because, again, of that very slow movement to the north.
0: Now, I've been seeing different amounts of rainfall, different uh, storm surge as much as nine feet. Is that today? Is that tomorrow? Is that cumulative?
2: Uh, so the storm surge is actually starting to come on shore uh, as I actually started to yesterday. Um, with a storm this close to the uh, shore already, You get that piling up of water as the winds wrap around the the system, especially with that south-to-north flow on the eastern side. So uh, we've been watching gauges all along the northern Gulf Coast rise um, uh, during the day yesterday, and they'll continue to do so today. The peak surge will probably be sometime as it makes landfall or just before landfall, but we're seeing those rises all across the the northern Gulf Coast right now as we speak. Uh, And then you throw on top of... uh, that, the wave action uh, with, the, with the winds, um, you know, you're going to have some significant issues definitely along the coast. And, uh, you know, we're almost at a point now where there's very little of any time left to prepare.
0: You know, it's interesting. It raises the question, is it more serious or is there potential for more damage before the eye of the hurricane, before it makes landfall or after?
2: Well, the interesting thing is everybody tends to focus on the winds. But in this case, it's going to be the water. So, um, you know, there will be a significant damage along the coast because of coastal flooding and the surge, uh, and that will be a given. There's still going to be tropical storm-force winds through the day-to-day. So, uh, you know, trees that are, are weakened from disease or uh, power lines that may not, uh, you know, have, have some issues. You know, some of those may come down, or trees may come down into the power lines. Uh, and that's even before the center of the storm gets there. And then when that gets there, you're going to start to have – uh, hurricane force winds, and, and obviously at that point, any other structural issues uh, where it can um, you know affect those or or bring down trees. So uh, there's honestly, there's dangers uh, through the, the entire next 36 hour period.
0: Is there still the possibility that the hurricane may strengthen again to a category two?
2: Uh, I believe not. Uh, like I mentioned earlier on, uh, with it being stuck in the same spot, uh, hurricanes need uh, warm water for fuel. Uh, And with the uh, churning up of the ocean there, uh, it's going to cool uh, that sea surface temperature down. Um, There's also just a little bit of shear uh, affecting the storm as we go from today to tomorrow. And you put those two two things together and and it pretty much uh, dictates that it, it won't be able to really intensify any at all. Um, as we move through the next uh, day or two.
0: Once the storm starts to move inland, I know that southeast Mississippi is at risk of flooding. What about other areas of the state?
2: Well, there's a very sharp gradient to the rainfall. So, um, you know, I think if you're in parts of, say, Pearl River or you're up towards, uh, you know, Hattiesburg, you may see a little bit of rain. But you're not going to see anything like what's going to happen in Pascagoula, Jackson County. And I don't even think that the heaviest rainfall will make it even as far west as Gulfport. So it's going to be a very narrow window there. Um, just the first couple of counties uh, inland, uh, that may see some significant rainfall. And if you're further away, um, you're, you're going to be pretty lucky that you're just going to get a few... Uh, Maybe a few bands come through, uh, but there shouldn't be anything that should cause any significant flooding for any other portions of the state.
0: Great information. Thanks so much for being with us, Benjamin Schott from the National Weather Service in Slidell. Thanks, Ben.
2: Thank you.
0: Coming up, a look at how the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is preparing for Sally's landfall and subsequent recovery efforts. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
3: Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker.
4: The TARDIS is our little free library here in Mainz. It's the TARDIS from the Dr. Who series.
3: Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi
4: on Mile Marker. Surprisingly, for a small town in Mississippi, there are a lot of folks who know exactly what it is.
3: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi
2: Roads podcast.
0: Coastal and southeastern Mississippians are starting to feel some of the effects of Hurricane Sally. The storm is expected to bring wind, storm surge, and lots of rain. Some residents are under evacuation orders. Others have elected to ride out the storm. In either case, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is preparing to respond. As MEMA Director Greg Michelle tells our Michael Guidry, the early preparations for the storm were coordinated in a way to adjust if Sally's projected path continues to change.
3: Yeah, so really the preparations are unchanged because we have to prepare, you know, we have to prepare uh, for the worst. And that's just a, you know, one of the problems and the challenges with hurricane season is, is, you know, unlike, you know, fighting tornadoes, it's almost like a zone defense, but when you, when you fight a hurricane, you have to really, you know, man up man to man. So, uh, in the counties, um, from Hancock, Harrison, Jackson County, they all postured, you know, beginning last week and preparing for this with sandbagging operations. So, uh, our resources are set such that we could move them to the west to the east, depending on what the storm track did. and in And, in this case, if this storm continues to go to the east, then we are prepared also to send resources to assist with Alabama. And I've talked to Brian Hastings, my counterpart over there already with that. So you know our preparations, they have to be the same regardless. Um, the concern for me is is that if we continue to have storms that we have near misses like this, that residents begin to come, become complacent. We haven't seen that yet, which I'm very proud of Mississippians for being able to, you know, responding like they need to, understanding that, you know, we may not get a storm. But we got to stay on our toes because this thing could still change. It's moving very slowly. So it could, it could tick back to the west very easily. Uh, but we hope that it won't. But, um, you know, we're prepared to handle it if it comes back our way.
1: Evacuation orders are handled at the local level, but can you provide, uh, provide Mississippi residents with an update on where those uh, orders have been issued and uh, what those residents can expect?
3: Sure. So, uh, yes, in this particular case, in this storm, all the evacuations were managed at the local level. Uh, the evacuations that have been issued, there were some evacuations issued for lower portions of Hancock County. Uh, it was not a county-wide evacuation that has been reported on some of the, some of the national media, but they were lower, lower lying areas that typically do flood do the you know, do the storm surge and all. So Hancock County, there have been some, uh, uh, recommended evacuation areas in Harrison County, uh, for the more, again, for those low-lying, uh, level areas. And then Jackson County, uh, is also issued some similar things for the lower portions of their county. So, there have not been any statewide evacuations, um, and, and the governor reserves the right to do that in the event of a you know of a, of a catastrophic event. But we try and we allow I say allow the locals do a very good job of managing that based on uh, flood and flood elevations, and then they make their decisions accordingly.
1: Uh, you said one of the worries is about dodging two bullets and, and residents becoming complacent. Uh, what are you hearing from local EMAs uh, about? compliance and about preparedness uh, on the coast as this storm kind of lingers and just shows a a level of uncertainty?
3: Yeah so you've always got to have folks that are going to you know try to ride it out uh, and and those individuals uh, you know they've been through it before so they know but I will tell you that uh, you know even given the unlikeness or or say the uncertainty of this storm people people seem to be doing the right thing and the MA directors have confirmed that uh, I've spoken with all three of the lower coastals and even some of the some of the uh, counties even further inland, and everyone seems to be doing what they need to do was riding yesterday uh in areas where people tend to move their vehicles up on the road and a lot of vehicles there's a lot of a lot of action being taken place I'm very proud of Mississippians for you know taking the initiative, doing what they need to do, following the directions of the of the emergency management and public safety personnel uh in the event that this storm would have come about so uh, I'm not seeing any complacency. Uh, I just want to reiterate to Mississippians, and especially those in the lower uh, counties, to continue to, you know, be complacent and uh, just stay prepared.
1: The big threats that we know of right now are, are rain and storm surge. Uh, you know, possibly hurricane-force winds, depending on where this storm tracks. Um, as the storm, you know, gets closer and, and we start to feel the real effects of it. What are those safety measures uh, that that MEMA wants to communicate uh, when it comes to power outages, when it comes to uh, flooded roads? Uh, what are some things that, that residents down there who are riding out the storm need to really be aware of and, and, and be on top of safety-wise uh, as they kind of negotiate the storm and then maybe some of those immediate hours afterwards?
3: Yeah, so any of the individuals that are going to remain in place and uh, you know take necessary precautions, Precautions. Uh, first of all, need to, you know, need need to. If you're going to be where you're going to be safe, you're going to need to remain in place until the effects of the storm are over. We're still going to get, regardless of how far this thing moves to the east, we're still going to get some storm surge here uh, in uh, on the coastal uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. So people need to understand that that the areas that flood, they're going to flood again. And we're, you know, we've been projected even as a last night of uh, some very high storm surge, uh, seven to nine feet. Uh, it appears that some of that is down a little bit, but even still, we're going to have some storm surge. Um, power outages, um, power outages and flooding. People up, people won't think, won't consider this, but even less wind, you're going to have power outages due to the flooding. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, on the eastern side of the storm, which is what we were projecting, uh, just 24 hours ago, a lot of power outages. So, um, you may be without power for extended periods of time. Um, and to that point, just a reminder to everyone: those who are using generators, do not put those generators indoors. Make sure that they're outside, they're well ventilated. Um, Louisiana experienced a number of deaths from individuals that had power generators uh, that they had inside, and it's succumbed to uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, uh, and also understand that that emergency personnel during a storm, during high wind conditions, um, are going to be delayed before they can get to you. So. Um, you know, if you're going to put yourself in a risky situation, uh, you could be out of the reach of emergency personnel until storm conditions subside. So it's very important that people watch, uh, and adhere. If you get, if you got an evacuation order, the best thing to do is to, is to move out of the area, uh, and wait till the storm has, uh, has subsided to come back when it's safe.
1: As we brace for this, uh, today, the effects of it today and into tomorrow, um, and I know things could change, but what lasting message do you want to give Mississippians as as we look toward this one and you know potentially others as hurricane season isn't quite over yet?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, we just reached peak season, and you know we aren't even even started talking about the other systems that are out there. I mean, we've we've got, I, I believe, last count was seven systems that are out. Not all of those are going to affect us, but uh, so you know, just getting back to your point. So, so step one is. This, this storm is not slated to make landfall until early tomorrow morning. So we've still got almost another 24 hours that this storm could do a lot of stuff. It has slowed to but somewhere between 2 and 4 miles an hour. So, you know, it, it, it's steady sitting out there cooking. It could easily jog back to the west. It's very close. It's right here in our backyard. It could do anything. So everyone needs to remain vigilant. Do not let your guard down at all. Do not let this fact that this storm is ticked to the east um you know you know put you in a level of complacency we hope that we will miss the brunt of the storm but we are still going to have effects we're still going to have rainfall particularly in uh southeast portions of mississippi and, and inland up as far uh you know george county and in that area so uh, we're going to have some flu- some flash flooding we're going to have some rain we're going to have some wind and the tornado threat is still very possible uh so we're going to have some dicey weather conditions uh, over the next uh 48 hours, so everyone just needs to remain vigilant, listen, and respond accordingly, please.
1: Colonel Greg Michelle is the director for the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Director Michelle, thank you so much for keeping us updated. My pleasure, Michael.
3: Thank you.
0: For residents unable to evacuate, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency on its website lists shelters that have opened. They are in Loosedale, Kiln, Socher, Gulfport, Pass Christiane, Moss Point, Ocean Springs, Picayune, Poplarville, and Wiggins. MEMA's resources will be supplemented by support from Mississippi National Guard. Adjutant General Boyles of the Guard says various assets are in place and on call to respond.
1: We have our engineering assets in place, Uh, we have our aviation uh, assets in place, and we have security assets in place, which would be MPs and other soldiers. Uh, What's a little bit different about this storm is that we've postured some uh, responsiveness at Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Uh, Yesterday we were thinking we might uh, be able to pivot down 59, but this also gives us the ability to pivot down Highway 98 or Highway 49 if needed. Uh, In addition to that, we still have our assets on the coast to respond to any coastal needs. Uh, With that said, we've reached out to our neighboring states. They've reached out to us with the National Guard support, so we've got plenty of National Guard support available. And um, at this point, Governor, um, we also are able to support the COVID response without any change in our support there.
0: Coming up, the governor extends the mask mandate while loosening restrictions on restaurants. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi residents will be under a mask mandate through the end of September. Yesterday, Governor Tate Reeves announced he is extending his executive order through the end of the month, but he's also easing restrictions on restaurants, citing the declining trend in COVID-19 cases.
4: The executive order is is extended until the end of this month in terms of the a statewide mask mandate. Uh, the, we did make several changes to the EO. Uh, we made the decision to allow, for example, restaurants to increase their capacity limitations from what was 50% to 75%. We allowed restaurants to increase their um, total size of an individual party which was limited to six, it is now limited to ten, uh, where, at, where, they can, where those restaurants are a, a, have the ability to have their tables spaced out by six feet. Um, in addition to that, uh, we also allowed uh, other private sector entities like retail operations as well as uh, gyms to increase their capacity limitations from what was 50 percent to 70 percent We have had a tremendous move towards progress in our state Uh, since we reached our peak on June the 26th. We had a seven-day moving average of 1,381 cases per day, seven-day average on June the 26th. Today, today that number is approximately 412 so over a 65% decline in our daily 7-day or aver- weekly 7-day average uh, but we're not done yet uh, today's number of cases is slightly over 140 was the lowest number of cases we've had uh, in, in recent memory uh, and so we are seeing tremendous progress and by the way i want to point out that we were able to do that at a time when we reopened K-12 public schools, at a time when we reopened our community colleges, at a time when we reopened our institutions of higher learning, at a time when the vast majority of private sector entities, while they may have had limited restrictions on them, they were operational, they were functional. Our economy is functioning. But yet, because of the efforts of the people of this state, we are making progress not only from an economic standpoint, but also from the standpoint of reducing uh, the, the amount of virus that is in our local communities. And so uh, we did extend the executive order until the end of the month, uh, but we did loosen restrictions considerably on private sector entities.
0: The Department of Health reported 145 new cases of COVID-19 yesterday. That brings the total since March 11th to 90,018. They also reported nine additional deaths, bringing that total to 2,706. County Health Department offices and WIC centers in George, Hancock, Harrison, Jackson, Pearl River, and Stone counties will be closed today as those areas brace for Hurricane Sally.